0: On this episode of the This is One podcast, I am joined by Connor Miles, who covers the Eagles for Network Brawl. Welcome.
1: Thank you, James. Thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Well, as I was saying before we started recording, uh, I have not talked to someone about the Eagles yet. I find the Eagles, to, uh, they're you know, competitive teams, a good roster, good coach. I just feel they're trying to avoid a transitional
1: phase at this moment in time. Uh, I, yeah. Cause I mean, I think a lot of people look at their draft and I mean, from an outside perspective, looking in, I think you would think they don't believe in Carson once anymore. And now they're, they're, they're molding the team to switch to Jalen hurts because they drafted him in the second round. But I assure you and anyone else listening, that is not the case. I think they value the backup quarterback position more than any team in the NFL. I think it's unheard of how much they value the backup quarterback position. Uh, they, their backup quarterback won a super bowl for them. I, I do think they sent the wrong message out by doing so. I don't agree with them taking a the quarterback in the second round whatsoever to be a backup, even if they think they can trade him. Which I would disagree with that later on. Uh, look, Carson Wentz has missed eight regular season games in his 64 available starts. It's so his injury concerns are to call him injury prone. I would say is wrong, but yes, he he does have variability concerns that. The team even proved to the rest of the NFL world that they have to take account into by using a premium resource on a quarterback that many thought could be an eventual starter in this league. So I get it from that standpoint. And I mean, look, the Eagles are a team like I said that of the Super Bowl, the back of quarterback. If Wentz goes down, or, you know, I, we saw Andrew Luck just have a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Wentz keeps going, he did have an ACL LCL injury. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was just a normal ACL. It was a pretty serious knee injury. If, if, if things don't go his way body wise, and I mean, he just had a newborn daughter, maybe he, if he thinks about the Andrew Luck route, the Eagles won't be in a position where they're screwed at Jacoby Brissett and have to hope Philip Rivers gives them anything that he has left in his body. They'll, they'll have Joe and hurts in the wing. So they consider the the back of quarterback position to be one of the most top five important positions on your football team, and they proved it to the NFL well by using a second-round pick on one, but they're all-in on Wentz. Now, if Wentz isn't all-in on football, if the injuries make Wentz not able to play to the ability that they are accustomed to him playing at, they have a backup plan when most teams would be screwed at that spot. So I think that's just how I has been thinking that he can outsmart the league. In that way of form, and especially when you consider the fact that he's on a rookie contract for four years. So you have a talented quarterback in your wings for four years on your roster control with a very affordable salary in a league where even the backup quarterbacks, like you, I'm sure James, are familiar with since your uh, Browns just signed Case Keenum, it's expensive to have a quality backup and the Eagles know that they needed one. Josh McCown completely fell apart on the field that Walker game versus the Seahawks. They think if they had a younger guy or a guy that could play well enough like Nick Foles, it could have been a different situation. They could have beat Seattle. So that's what they thought. That they had this plan from the day one going into the offseason. Like High Roseman said in his press conference is they wanted a mobile back-of-quarterback similar to like how Nick Foles ran the RPO system but maybe from a more mobile standpoint because Nick Foles is pretty much a statue in the in the pocket. And that's what they thought they saw in Jalen Hurts, and they liked him enough to take him in the second round. So that's just a philosophy, but this team is not want, has not squandered their feelings towards Carson Wentz. He's their quarterback going forward no matter what until he tells them otherwise. Now, I think you put it perfectly. Uh, the Eagles are a team that knows the value of
0: the backup quarterback position. Because like you said, they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And <clears throat> as much as I love Josh McCown, um, he's... He has a certain time and a certain place, and it's not necessarily on a team that's supposed to be competitive. He's the he's the veteran you have on a team that will just play some games, and he'll mm-hmm. he'll play his heart out. He'll take the beating of a lifetime. It'll be ugly, but maybe he'll get you a couple wins. But if you're a team expecting to advance in the playoffs, or you, you need a win, Josh McCown's not your guy, so I understand taking Jalen Hurts there. I, I do believe a lot of people are misguided on what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts because as soon as mm-hmm. they took Jalen Hurts, everyone's just like, oh, Taysom Hill. Jalen Hurts isn't yeah. Taysom Hill. Jalen Hurts is better than Taysom Hill, first of all. Second of all, Jalen Hurts is not go- – they didn't take a second-round pick for have Jalen Hurts you know, run the ball a couple times or throw a pass or catch a pass. They- Jalen Hurts is there to-, to be a quarterback in case they need him because, you know, Wentz – does have durability concerns. Not injury prone, just durability concerns. And there's mm-hmm. going to come a time when Jalen Hurts is gonna play. It's mm-hmm. just how it is. Uh there's a there's a team in, in my own division, the Steelers, with you know, Ben Roethlisberger. They should know the value of a backup quarterback because Mason Rudolph stinks. Uh Duck mm-hmm. Hodges, as fun as he is, he stinks. So Their team, I think they should have done something to bolster their backup quarterback position because the fact is Ben Roethlisberger is guaranteed to miss like two to three games a year at least. So they would need somebody to do that. So I think Philly is, I guess, doing something that Pittsburgh should be doing, which is addressing the backup quarterback position so when the time comes and they need to call on the backup, they can actually win the game.
1: Right, I agree with you. I just think the part that I disagree with is doing that in the second round. I mean, Oh yeah. I, I'm not bored with the, you with that. <laughs> Cause you had, I mean, I wasn't, I was very, I am a fan of Jalen hurts. It's not the player that I have the issue with. That's where you picked him at because look, the Eagles outside of Jalen Rager, which you don't know if he's going to pan out or not. I'm sure we'll get into that in a second, but JJR Sega Whiteside was a second round pick for them last year. He looks awful. I don't expect much from him be- becoming better going forward. History shows that wide receivers that, Play to that level will never pan out in this league, and I'm not, I'm I'm confident that he won't. And it's unfortunate to say, uh but he just looked that bad. They don't. Alshon Jeffrey will be if he's here this season will not be with the team the following year. Deshaun Jackson will not be with the team the following year. They they are facing very very bad capitalizations next year where they're gonna have to let go. Of aging veteran guys, and that's why they attack the wide receiver so heavily in this draft because they know they're going to be in a position next year where they need another wide receiver to play to pair with Rager. They need another corner to pair with Slay because his window with the team is not going to be that long. I, I think he's only going to be with the Eagles for two years. They don't have another outside corner locked down outside of that. Their defensive end position, Derek Barnett, has been underwhelming as a top fifteen pick. And Brandon Graham is aging, and other than that, they have a lot of what-ifs. You look at the board, A.J. Espinosa was on the board, Christian Fulton was on the board, and Denzel Mims was on the board, and they opted to go quarterback, a position that they're hoping doesn't have to even get on the field. And I would say to the 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 packages, he's not going to be a Taysom Hill-type quarterback whatsoever. He's not the athlete Taysom Hill is. He's not going to run streaks on the field, and you can throw it to him and get, have a vertical threat out of Jalen Hurts. It's not going to happen. But what you can do and what I think the Eagles are thinking of doing because of who they brought back in Marty Mortyweg is the wildcat type of thing that they did with Michael Vick and Donovan McNabb Mm -hmm. and what you saw with Joe Flacco's last year in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. I think they will, just to confuse the defenses, I just don't think it'll work because I think that stuff ruins the pace of the game and stalls offensive drives. I don't know what they're thinking with that, but – you would have to assume with bringing back Morning Wink, who has experience with both uh, he was the offensive coordinator with the Eagles, when they had Vic McNabb. He was also with the offensive coordinator of the Ravens when they did Lamar and Flacco bringing him back as a voice in, in, in that team, making me suggest that they're going to do some type of package like that. And it, it does throw off your defensive coordinator. and It keeps them up at night. So I think they like that advantage. But other than maybe like a Philly special, uh, and then a little couple wildcat plays, you're not going to get Montreal Jalen Hurts unless Carson Wentz gets injured, and in, to think that I know they traded Sam Bradford for a first round pick, but I think people v- really underestimate that situation ever happening again. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater completely destroyed his knee, and that Vikings team was talented enough to win a Super Bowl at that time. They had they were desperate for quarterback, and Philadelphia took advantage of it because they had the amount of quarterbacks to be able to do so. I don't. You can't envision or predict a situation like that happening again. That's fool's luck. Uh, Nick Foles was a Super Bowl MVP. The Eagles, the year after he won the Super Bowl, could have traded him. They had offers to do so. They decided not to. And he only played two games until they inserted once again. And then Wentz obviously went down again you know, with the back injury and Foles went up in the playoffs. We all know how that went. But the Eagles lost him for nothing. And he was a Super Bowl MVP. He had a better resume than Bradford did. And they didn't get anything for him besides a comp pick. I don't understand what makes people think that they can go ahead and, and do the same with Jalen Hurts. You have four years of roster control of him. I guarantee you with this pandemic, he probably isn't even the quarterback two next year. It's probably going to be Nate Sudfeld. So now you're looking at three years of roster control with Jalen Hurts where you have to get meaningful playing time with him in order to him to get trade interest drummed up in him. I don't see it happening with Carson Wentz's record, it's it's eight games he's missed in 64 regular season starts. It's one less game than Deshaun Watson, if you want to do the, the, the tallies of games missed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not like he's due to miss large periods of time. Yes, he will miss a game here and there like you alluded to, and I agree with you with that, but it's not going to be long periods of time like some people out there think. It's not going to be enough for Jalen Hurts to prove anybody worth trading for him. So that's where you just look at this pick and you're like, the Eagles are going to get Merely nothing out of their second-round pick, and it's going to be like back-to-back years because JGR. whiteside again was a second-round pick who I don't think they're going to get much out of either. Uh, so that's where the head scratcher is because you can go into the draft and you saw James Morgan go to the Jets in the fourth round, Jacob Beeson go in the fifth to the Colts. I mean, excuse me, in the fourth to the Colts, fifth uh, Jake Fromm, even though he made those incredible comments uh, to the Bills, they could have gotten a quarterback later in the draft. I just think. They've been burned by that. Uh, they drafted Clayton Thorson in the fifth round, and he looked awful in the preseason where they just had to go out and right-cut him. They really value that number two spot, and they, they showed you how much they did with the second-round pick. I just think with how the roster is going to be constructed, how they go into the next year with a horrible cap situation and have to get rid of a ton of veteran starters, uh, they could have took advantage with the guys that they had on the board and they decided to go quarterback. So that's why I think it's going to bite them in the butt. with the, And I think it's going to be the wrong move overall. Uh, I like the player, but I just don't see how this pick can ever work out for the Eagles unless he becomes your franchise quarterback, and that's, like, the best-case scenario for them. And nobody wants that to happen because I think Carson Wentz overall is a more talented quarterback than Joe Hurts. Uh, before we dip into the draft, I just – I pull up
0: Carson Wentz's contract because I was just curious. Um, you mentioned Kaplan Vacations. Um Possibly if things, if Wentz suffers a major injury or he just does not uh, perform up to their expectations of the deal that he signed, there is an out after the 2022 season. They would incur about $24.5 million
1: of dead cap, but as we know... That's a a feasible out, though. That's a feasible out for a quarterback position and a quarterback contract for sure. So So if things don't work
0: out, that's an option. This could be kind of a way to navigate and thread the needle if needed.
1: Right, Harry Roseman's a cap guru, too, and that's, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about Andrew Barry in a second, like we talked about off-air, but that's thats something that I would hope Andrew Barry learns from him, because he constructs contracts better than anybody in the league, I would argue, except for the Alshon Jeffrey deal. That's thats probably his worst contract he's ever done, but they have the worst cap situation, along with the New Orleans Saints next year, where they're looking at, they're going to have to force force themselves to get rid of some very key veteran starters just to get back into a position where they need to be a lot of a lot of it's going to be contract restructures because I know how Roseman's great at that but they're going to have to get rid of a couple of key starters and in a draft where you had a lot of guys that should have been there like like I said Mims Espinosa Fulton nobody expected them to be there at the pick 53 they could have took advantage of that and they decided not to so that could ultimately bite them and then bite them in the ass after that but we'll see So let's dip into the the rest of this draft here. So
0: I know that the, uh, (laughs) I guess the feedback a lot of people are giving is not necessarily uh, good. (laughs) What moves or what picks in particular besides Jalen Hurts, were you not necessarily, not because Jalen Hurts the player, but where he was taken, who else was there? Is there any other picks you were not necessarily thrilled with, or maybe you would have gone a different direction?
1: I mean, I love the Jalen Rager uh, Jalen Rager pick, so you're not gonna get the Justin Jefferson type uh, hype out of me. Okay, uh, I think that, I think exactly what he the Eagles needed at wide receiver. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But the probably the pick where I thought was a head scratcher was uh, in the third round they took Davion Taylor at linebacker, the biggest need along that defense. Uh, the Eagles don't really value linebackers that much in Jim Schwartz's system. He runs primarily the four three, and he also Shows a ton of wide nine variances mm-hmm. along his defensive front, so the, they he does they stopped the run up front. That's what they hope to do. Uh, they invested a ton of money in the defensive ta- in the interior, of the defensive tackle position. Cox, one of the top uh, guys paid in the league. Uh, they signed Javon Hargrave, who I'm sure you're familiar with from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Great guy. I think he's going to be a huge impact on that defensive line this year. They kept Blake Jackson, too, who's due 10 million this year. So. They think they can stop the run up front, but they needed linebackers and they don't want to invest tons of money in them. There was a linebacker on the board that I liked, Akeem uh, uh, Davis-Gaither, that went to the Bengals that mm-hmm. I thought the Eagles should have took over Davion Taylor at the time. Because uh, he's just so raw. He's he's so new to the game. And he really was just out, not used well at Colorado to the point where you know you have to wild card him this year and not play him enough. Which, in a year, they really are going to need some kind of linebacker, whoever it is on their roster, to step up. And the prospects of it right now are looking good. Nick Gary is their best linebacker and their most proven starter on their roster currently. And that's not a good situation. So, I think they kind of missed addressing the linebacker position. But other than that and the Jalen Hurts pick, I'm not upset with the rest of the draft. I thought they got some key offensive line guys that they like. We all know that the Eagles invest a ton in the offensive line. I thought Prince uh, Tego, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but from Auburn, the offensive tackle would have went higher if it wasn't for this pandemic. I think his medicals were a little uh, sketchy that it, a lot of teams were comfortable enough with them, especially during coronavirus, to, to draft him high enough where I thought he was a third-round caliber player. Uh, Andre Dillard looked a little rough last year, their first-round pick at left tackle, who they're projecting right now to take over. If he doesn't work out, they have a guy in the wings that might develop well under their, one of the best offensive line coaches in the league and Jeff Sellin. So, I, I, I like what the Eagles did in the rest of the draft, and they got some speed at wide receiver, which they desperately needed. Look, in 2017, when Carson Wentz had his best year, the, the Eagles' best speed there was Torrey Smith, and Torrey Smith was at, the, towards the end of his career. If you just get some type of speed to open up the West Coast offense to open up the middle of the field for their their great tight ends that they have, and and Zach Gerson, Austin Hooper, excuse me, Austin Hooper's the Browns, (laughs) Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard, you're going to have a a great passing offense, and all they need is Deshaun to play at least 12 games. Rager offers them a great playmaking ability that is going to be exactly what Wentz needed in a wide receiver, especially given his deep ball accuracy improving year after year after year. The Eagles just, just have not had the wide receiver talent to really give Wentz the best wide receiver I would argue he's ever played with in his career is Deshaun Jackson, and it was only for a game. Alshon Jeffries played with him sparingly as well. Uh, both of them have been injured. He's just at the deep decline of his career. So when – I because I know you probably thought the Eagles probably should – I mean, I, it sounded like a little bit that – because most people projected the Eagles to take Justin Jefferson, which I get. I think Justin Jefferson's a good wide receiver. I just think – He's pigeonholed into one spot in the NFL, and that's the slot. Mm-hmm. The Eagles' offense depends way too much on versatility at the wide receiver position. They forced themselves to pigeonhole Nelson Aguilar in the slot because that's the best position that he can play in. They forced themselves to pigeonhole Jordan Matthews in the slot because that's the best, that was the best position he could play in. They needed guys that they could move all around so they can exploit their matchup advantages with Goddard and Ertz more because those guys are huge athletic freaks that could really play the X wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, So now with Rager, you can line him up anywhere in the field. He gives you a downfield threat that I don't think Justin Jefferson gave you that the Eagles don't have Mm long-term now that I believe that they are with Rager. Uh, I'm excited. I think the Eagles added the dynamic that they needed on offense. I just think at other positions, they failed to address it, especially corner because I don't think they have the legit cornerback too. And you would hope that they would have a young cornerback too that can learn as much as he can from Slay as well that the Eagles have him, and then eventually replace him as cornerback one. They don't have that right now. So I think they whipped at that when they could have really just took Christian Fulton at 53 and way, look way better at the position that they do now. Yeah, uh,
0: <clears throat> another player uh, the Eagles added into the mix was uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, trading for him from the 49ers. I think he'll help their passing game. Uh, <clears throat> you know,
1: because, you know, let's be just honest. With I- the, it's, it's the thing with the Eagles, though, is injuries have been really tough mm-hmm. on them. And they're relying on a ton of very various injury play, players with Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Marquise Goodwin there too. Yeah. So they're in a position where they don't have to rely on those guys to be those speed guys like Goodwin Jackson because they have Rager and they have John Hightower from Boise State who is a really great speed guy, really underrated ball tracking skills. I would argue he should be drafted higher than he was because the NFL draft was passed with wide receivers, 35 of them were drafted. So – some of those guys got pushed on the board unfairly, and I would think he's one of them. They also got Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think he might be a practice squad guy, but if injuries happen, there you go. You have another speed option that you can bring up off the squad. I it, They just did it enough to make the offense more dynamic, which they have not the last two years because they relied on Mike Wallace in 2018 who went down, and then they traded for Golden Tate, who they couldn't use anywhere else out of the slot when they also had Nelson Aguilar. So that wasn't a fit. 2019, they depended on Deshaun. He got hurt. We saw what happened there. So they have more options with speed that they didn't have before because they always pigeonhole themselves to just depend on one guy and it never worked out. So I like that they added so much of it, but again, these guys aren't dependable guys either. So you're hoping at some point, uh, Rager midway through the season really steps up and becomes that number one guy for them. Uh, from a speed standpoint,
0: yeah. Um, and looking at their defense, uh, in addition to trading for Darius Slay, they got uh, Nickel Robbie Coleman, for, uh, formerly mm-hmm. of the Rams. I think that those two additions are, are, are really good additions for their secondary. Slay was someone I wanted the Browns to to target in trade talks, um, <clears throat> mostly because I don't know what Greedy Williams is, and uh, you know Denzel Ward is he's good when healthy, but that when healthy tag is that's an uphill battle you'll never win. Uh, Roby Coleman was someone that I had on, <clears throat> as someone mentioned, as a would have been a good target for the Browns to get instead of uh, Kevin Johnson, formerly at the Texans. Uh, mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> you know, how do you feel about their secondary? I, I like the additions of Slay and Roby Coleman, uh, but it sounds like you're not necessarily uh, happy with where
1: they're at now. I like the additions. I just think uh, Roby Coleman's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be here past that because... Avante Maddox is probably his best position on the field is probably nickel or free safety. Uh, but right now they are way better at the corner position than they ever been in before. Darius Slay takes away the number one wide. Well, I don't want to, I, because there is sometimes that he struggles with Terry McLaurin and uh, some other guys in the league. But he he's the best corner they've had in years. He has experience with Jim Schwartz already. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz was dra- drafted him when he was the head coach in Detroit plays a very well zone coverage, which mm-hmm. the Eagles like to play a mix of zone and man. Very good in man coverage, too. I just think he was overused in that aspect way more than he should have been with Matt Patricia's type of coaching style. That's why I think last year when his hamstring started to bother him, playing him in that much man was a bad mix for him. Mm-hmm. I, it was just tough to overcome that at that point. I still think he's going to be a lockdown corner. I think he's going to be great for the Eagles. I know that they've struggled with the cornerback the position really since Asante Samuel. Uh-huh. has been their number one corner. But I think this is the guy to finally turn the tide. And then Nicole Roddy Coleman, you I mean, you saw when the Eagles had Patrick Robinson as their slot corner in 2017. They had Mills and Darby on the outside, and Darby was injured for most of the year. But neither of those guys really played extremely well, noticeably well. They still struggled like they have throughout their careers with the Eagles. He locked down the slot position, and they changed the whole dynamic of what the defense could do, especially the pass rush. Nicole Roby Coleman can bring that same type of impact and maybe even better because I think he's an arguably a better nickel corner than Robinson is. Uh, that's a huge acquisition. I love it. A, I, a ton. I'm glad that they, even with Maddox on the roster, they decided to do so. Uh, but at cornerback two, you're just not set there. You're depending on either Sidney Jones to put it all together. Finally, which I don't know if he can, he has a ton of confidence issues. He's he hasn't been able to overcome uh, hamstring issues also uh, with the Achilles uh, that he suffered as pro that he's trying to come back from. The thing about these corners now is they never had a number one guy that they can look up to to get uh, leadership from because Malcolm Jenkins was really a failed corner that went to safety and took it over from that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they have Slay. So that impact is also something you can't sleep on. But I just don't think they're set at that cornerback two spot. I think Maddox is either better as Nickel or the future free safety of that team. Uh, their safety position is completely up in the air. Will Parks is a nice, depth guy. I don't think he's a starter, and I think he's going to have to play sub-linebacker on some certain packages. Ball Wallace is good, but he's a fourth-round pick and, and a rookie. I don't think you can expect much from him as a safety standpoint this year. Jalen Mills is transitioning back there, which I think is his best position overall. Uh, I thought he played well as safety at LSU. I think it will be a similar transition than felt because he's really good in run recognition and playing in the box. but. Uh, His coverage standpoint, is just not good. And then McLeod, he's two years removed from ACL now, so I expect him to play better this year. He's their leader in that safety unit, their best one currently. Uh, But again, he struggled last year, so you're hoping he comes back stronger this year, being two years removed from ACL. But if not, then the Eagles are completely up in the air at the the safety position. So uh, that's where they could miss Malcolm Jenkins the most, losing him. But from a leadership standpoint, I think they added that with Darius Slay. Uh, so, you can't really underestimate his impact, like I described earlier, and his leadership standpoint. They're going to be better as a pass defensive unit this year, for sure. That's uh, going to only enhance the pass rush, especially with Javon Hart gave on board, helping out Fletcher Cox and uh, Dery Barnett and Brandon Graham. It's going to be a very good defensive unit this year. I would have surprised if they'd finish outside of the top 10.
0: Now, Looking at their linebackers, uh, if you were to show the average NFL fan uh, the Eagles depth chart and have them ask ask them about their linebackers, they would basically have no idea who any of these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before we get into the Browns and talk about Andrew Barry and how they've taken a similar method, uh, t- talk to me about their linebackers. Tell me, are you happy with them? Uh, would you want them to, I guess, bolster the group? Or is this a group that uh, achieves more
1: than their name recognition would show? No, they don't. They're it's <laughs> their weakest. Use. It's their weakest used by far. Nate Gary is their best linebacker on their roster currently, and he's very, very poor starter. Way below average starter misses a ton of tackles. Uh, they just don't value the linebacking position, and they never really have. Uh, even back since the Andy Reid days. Uh, Chip Kelly was really the only one that valued linebackers, and they got rid of all of his linebackers as well with losing Jordan Hicks. They they screwed that up, losing Jordan Hicks and paying Nigel Bradham over him, and it showed. That's why Bradham's off the team right now. Uh, really, they like to play majority. I want to say around 70% of their defensive fronts are 4-2-5s, so they only like to play really with two linebackers on the field. And they think with Nate Gary, and I, I'm assuming they're going to go ahead and start T.J. Edwards out of Wisconsin, the undrafted free agent they had last year, at linebacker, and hope for the best from there. Maybe Jatavius Brown outperforms T.J. Edwards in training camp, where they start him and Nate Gary. But Nate Gary is your definitely one of their starters. Jim Schwartz loves him. Uh, he they just they want to go more hybrid safety. Mm-hmm. With the linebacking position than anything, which I would argue the NFL is kind of turning to towards that tide, uh, so they don't. That's why they just don't value the linebacking position. They know they can stop the run up front, which they have. Uh, they just want athletic guys that can play in space. And Nick Gary is a converted safety. Tavius Brown has played safety uh, in college. Uh, he's a hybrid type linebacker role. T.J. Edwards is your typical short. Mike linebacker really a special teams type guy. So I don't think they really are locked down the position there and they might add to that position outside of training camp. They really don't have the money right now though, man. They only have like 4 million in cap space uh, throughout their whole 90 man roster. So it's not like they could really go out and have the luxury of bringing whoever they want in at this point still. Uh, But yeah, it's their weakest unit and they just don't care because they only have two of them playing majority of the snaps. They're going to live or die by their front four and usually it works for them, so they just continue to go that way, invest more in the secondary, like they showed this off season, and like I said, in sub-packages, you're going to see Will Parks play linebacker, so they're fine with that. Right now, I don't think it's going to work, I think they need to get, they addressed the Mike position at least, and they might look to do so uh, before week one.
0: All right, so, as we've alluded to, uh, someone from the Eagles front office has now uh, transitioned back to Cleveland, and now he's running the show, and uh, he's taken a similar path to the linebackers, which I'm not very happy about. But that's Andrew Barry. Uh, he's running the show, uh, supposedly. Uh, I don't know how much Paul D. Podesta has his hands in the, you know, everything. But tell me about Andrew Barry from your experience in the, you know, the one year he was there.
1: Well, y- you could tell how much he already picked up from Howie Roseman, because com- in completely retooling this team, when Howie Roseman... He took the Philadelphia Eagles over and started fresh without the Chip Kelly error. He went out, and he got an offensive-minded coach to be his head coach, and Doug Peterson that was familiar with the team. And you look at Andrew Barry, he goes out and get Kevin Stefanski, who the Browns tried to hire a year before. They had a familiarity with him already, and they locked it down this time. Same type of thing with Doug Peterson, offensive guy. And then they went out and got a proven defensive coach in Joe Woods who – I I would think is kind of similar to, to Jim Schwartz. So and and then the one position that they needed to address because was a horrible unit for them last year was offensive line mm-hmm. and they go out and get Bill Callahan to be their O-line coach where the Eagles have just outland who is one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. And the first thing they do is address left tackle and right tackle immediately, which is something that the Eagles had to fortify for years with Jason Peters and Lane Johnson I, I you could just tell that he has his handprint all over this team and he's going the exact route High Roseman did. He has a young quarterback that they believe in. I I still believe in Baker Mayfield. I think he could turn around this this year with leaning on more better offensive coaching Kevin Stefanski. I don't I'm not saying Stefanski's on the level of Doug Peterson. I'm not really sure if he is. Because Doug Peterson at the time was unknown. We didn't know if he was gonna win a Super Bowl. We didn't know if he was one of the he was the worst rated head coach hiring. Uh, it, by ESPN oh
0: I remember so, because Hugh Jackson was number
1: one yeah and, Hugh Jackson and... <laughs> was number one yeah, and I, uh, I'm sure you remember yeah but the play the, you can tell his vision is similar to what the Eagles had when they hired Doug Peterson so that I'm on board with because I think you can that now I know that they're interested in Javadi and Clowney I think that is the type of defensive end you should pair with uh, Miles Garrett and maybe Dump Olivier Vernon uh, but you could tell the safety position is looking is on the up and ups they got Grant Delpit which I know the Eagles valued the safety position with Malcolm Jenkins for years they need that type of guy in the second day for the Browns to, to help boost up the cornerback play I, I would argue that they did that in that mold too fingerprints of those of what he learned in Philadelphia are all over this team I I mean, I did like when the Browns hired John Dorsey and the moves that John Dorsey was making at the time. But I would argue, again, they're going – they're on, are on the right path with Andrew Barry. And he's, he's taking what he learned with the Eagles and what worked for them and doing the same with the Browns. They have a great running game. We all know Nick Chubb's a stellar top five running back. Kareem Hunt compliments him very well. Now, Baker doesn't have to worry about his blind side or his other side. Uh, Greg Robinson, the fear of him isn't there anymore. Uh, Jedrick Willis, I like a lot out of Alabama. Jack Conklin's an above-average starting right tackle. They desperately needed him, and they got him. Interior has been all right. Uh, I I like what the Browns are doing. And not only that, they know how strong 12 personnel works in the NFL. The Vikings did it well. Uh, Andrew Barry knows the Eagles did it well. They'll go out and get Austin Hooper, who could be their Zach Ertz, and they have David Negochu, who could be their Dallas Goddard. So I would – I mean, I especially with the wide receivers and Odell, I think Odell played extremely well last year. I think it was more Baker than it was Odell. Uh, I, I expect them to bounce back. Jarvis Landry is a high-volume slot, as always. Mm-hmm. The tight end position, like I just said, is way better. I, I think the Browns – really improved this year I think they do a lot I think the AFC North if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy is a lot tougher than people think
0: uh yeah I would definitely say it's a lot tougher than people think um <clears throat> going back to Clowney because you mentioned him um I'm not the biggest fan of a Clowney signing uh only because my biggest issue with a lot of the guys that the Browns ended up signing this offseason and with their one-year deals are guys that are hurt all the time and what is Jadavian mm-hmm. Clowney? He's hurt all yeah. the time, and he's going to allow a lot of money. And how much he costs is basically, you're essentially adding guaranteed money onto something. And for what, was one year or more than one year, Vernon's got a non-guaranteed deal that's over at the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> and the way right. I look at Clowney is the addition of Clowney doesn't elevate the defense to an elite level. I don't know how much he elevates the defensive at all. Uh, going from Vernon to Clowney uh, is more of, I think, a lateral move. It's just a different person with bigger name recognition than maybe tangible production. Not that he won't be productive, but I feel that swapping out Vernon for Clowney is just basically which guy, which defensive end with injury issues would you rather have?
1: I could agree with you because Vernon... Has looked good. I mean, we all we he looked good his last year at Miami, and then he looked good first year in New York. So I understand your standpoint of why when this guy has shown this and this guy has shown that. I get that completely. I think it is a slight upgrade, though. I think he complements Garrett's skills get way better than uh, Vernon can. He's kind of a force against the run. I think he'll eat up a ton, uh, especially for. I think he'll give Sheldon Richardson even more time to feast in the, in the interior than than Vernon can. Because I, I just don't know about Vernon anymore. I mean, I think the injuries and uh, I, I don't know. I never thought he was that great in the first place. I think he had like two outline outliner seasons that he got paid off of. Uh, but I know you, you can argue the same for Clowney. So I get mm-hmm. your standpoint there. And I don't think he, I don't, I, you're right. I don't think he makes the defense elite, but I, I do think it makes it slightly better. I just think at this point, Clowney's only going to get a one year deal. So I think you're looking at the same situation again, where at the end of the season, you're not tied to either Vernon or Clowney. If they didn't work out, you can move mm-hmm. on from either one. So uh, that's the only standpoint where I think of it from, because I think it's a slight upgrade, but you're right. They don't have to do anything. They can go into the season where they have a D-line now uh, and maybe use that money on all the resources. Because maybe Judge Grills, with this camp, isn't ready. And, mm-hmm. they, and Jason Peters is still out there and they decide they want to play him at left tackle for a year. Donald Penn, who has experience with Bill Callahan and played well with him already. All I know is... The Browns are gonna be better the next year. I, I explain exactly why I think to enough where your listeners get it at this point. But uh, I love the direction they're heading in. I just do. I think the biggest acquisition they had this offseason so far is Bill Callahan. That's gonna immensely make the offensive line better, and that's all Baker needed. That's all he needed. He very struggled. We, I mean, you saw it yourself last mm-hmm. year. Does not handle pressure well at all. He doesn't. Uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma was very iffy against pressure as well Mm -hmm. I don't think that gets talked about enough by the way it doesn't but I I think that he has the characteristics where he can improve that though I just think you can't ask him year two in the NFL to be better at handling pressure most most young quarterbacks aren't I would argue Wentz was the same way at some point that's why he fumbles a lot it's Mm -hmm. it's young quarterbacks you still you have to go through the growing pains of a young quarterback I think Baker has all the tools though I definitely do. I just think he didn't handle pressure last year at all. And to throw Greg Robinson and what they did at right tackle out there uh, for your young quarterback is not a recipe. That's that's horrible. I mean, you saw the Rams with Goff. They went out and got Whitworth. Wentz has Peters and Johnson. Lane Johnson's been incredibly vital to Carson Wentz's career so far. Uh, Dallas has Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, and Tyron Smith for Dak. All these young quarterbacks – have need that to have that protection when they adjust into the league to really hit their strides and Baker didn't have that up until now because I think Wills and Conklin will get the job done long term for him.
0: Yeah, I do agree with that. Having better protection will help, but I will say, um against no pressure last year, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So it wasn't even when there was pressure on him. When there was no pressure and he had a lot of time to throw and it was up to him to make a decision. He made a ton of mistakes.
1: So, because I studied him for the scouting academy, so let me just offer one perspective on that from what I'm I ready. saw. From the all twenty-two plays, even you can even see body language in the all twenty-two that I've been looking at. You could tell, and I'm sure because you watched every game, mm-hmm. his body language is awful. Mm-hmm. He looks like he completely gave up and then was just saying "fuck it" and throwing the. I, mean, I want to curse on your podcast. Hey, hey, say so. "fuck" all you want. I do all the time. All right, all right, <laughs> but. He looked like that. He looked like he didn't care at all. And when you're in Cleveland, and I, I no disrespect to the Browns or anything, because I, like I said, I think they're on the coming up. But let's go off of history. Once things go bad in Cleveland, it just, it doesn't get better. It just goes all the way downhill until they have to fire the coach and the GM and start all over again, which mm-hmm. we've seen that happen numerous times. Once that energy is even in the, in the air that something's not working out, it just goes, trickles downhill. And that's why it's ruined most young quarterbacks for them. Baker, I think, will be different. And I think that they made the necessary changes immediately instead of waiting for it to get even worse, luckily. Because he has the talent. It's not like he's Johnny Manziel. He has the arm talent. He has the poise to play quarterback in this league. I just think when you need, in year two, when you need the coaching to lean on, when you need the offensive line to lean on, especially with all these defenses having more film on you and having more of your tendencies uh, noticed, where you had to switch things up and do things different. There was no creativity. There was nothing new with Freddie Kitchens that he showed the year prior when he was taking over offensive play calling. There he knew what was coming ahead of time. Baker had nothing else to give them differently. He didn't know (laughs) anything else to give them differently. And his offensive line didn't give him time to create something differently. All that is different now. And that's why I think Baker, with his talent, will be different than the the past that has been for the Browns. That's just my take on it. Now, I hope what you're saying everything is true. I hope all that's right, and it all comes to to
0: fruition. And he is significantly better than what um, <clears throat> he's shown e- even through both seasons so far. Um, but my 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 take is I don't think he will be. I don't think he'll be have this tremendous step forward. It's tr- you know, just a tremendous. Just, you will know, break out. It's just, I, I think what he is, is, is an average quarterback. I think he's a guy that will play good against shitty teams, and he'll play shitty against good teams. That's it's possible.
1: Just, that's, it's that's, completely possible. I, that's I, why I think he is. <laughs> I was one of the few that was, when the Browns, because nobody expected the Browns to take him. It was either Josh Allen or Sam Darnold for months leading up to the draft. I liked it. I said, go ahead, take Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I just think the situation needs to be perfect around him. And like it, did, it was at Oklahoma, uh, the Browns set it up for his skill positions to be that way. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, offensive line play is more important than the skill position plays. You can make anybody, any quarterback can elevate a skill positions play uh, player's production. If they have the time to pass it to him, if they had the time to get the ball to him, The Browns did not. Uh, They focused way more on getting Odell. They focused way more on Kareem Hunt than they did the offensive line. And it showed. They trusted Greg Robinson after a couple good games, which I thought was mind-boggling. But, I mean, look, they went into the offseason. They took their first-round pick. And then they took their first free agent move, and they they addressed off of the tackle positions. You know how important, especially with Joe Thomas there for years, Uh Alex Mack was there for years, how important offensive line play is. Uh, now it's going to a lot better. You have to think, I mean, they, he's going to improve because he has more time to pass the ball now. I mean, I
0: I, I hope uh, everything points the direction of he should.
1: I don't know if he will. That's, that's the will question. I will say, his deep ball accuracy last year was fifth in the NFL, though. So... You could tell from his – I think a lot of people worried about his size and being able to throw the football. He could throw it deep just fine. Yeah, that's never been a concern of mine. My concern
0: with with him watching him in the NFL is his decision-making because he he throws a lot of passes into double coverage. He'll force the ball in between defenders. And while it seems like he got lucky a lot of times, at least looking back now as a rookie during that little hot streak towards the end of the year where they actually almost had a shot at the playoffs as a rookie – Looking back at those plays, it's like, holy shit, he got lucky on a lot of these throws because what happened in year two is those passes were getting tipped, they were getting knocked down, they were getting intercepted. Right. And that wasn't happening as a rookie. It seems I like mean, there was a lot of luck involved year one that was not there year two.
1: Right, because Carson went to year one because he had had the wide receiver talent at all. Looked, I mean, his stats looked bad. He threw 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. But he took that year two leap that he necessarily needed, and Baker didn't. So I get where you're you're going with it, but I just, I coaching is such an underrated aspect. Mm-hmm. Without Doug Peterson, I don't think Carson Wentz is playing at the level he is at right now. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was a fluke. Uh, I, Greg Williams <laughs> really led the show. Freddie Kitchens called the offense for a couple games, and for some reason, John Dorsey thought that was going to be enough to continue on going forward, and it just wasn't. Uh, there was no creativity from, from what they did last year on offense to what they did the year prior when Freddie Kitchens took over. Defenses, the division, just, just knew what, to, what was coming at them. And I just think when you're a young quarterback, when you need more creativity to, to be more successful, to get more plays open, to to be more, get more productivity from your offense, uh, he didn't have it from Freddie Kitchens. And I think that's a major point in the development of a quarterback you have to consider is that the coaching just was not on par with what it needed to be for him to develop. So you would hope this year would be different. But if not, then it's over. You have to start thinking of a different quarterback because Andrew Barry did not draft Baker Mayfield and mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski did not uh, draft Baker Mayfield. So if they if they can't tap into him this year, then they have to pull the plug on him quickly. Like The Browns have been a, a quarterback, and that's unfortunate. But I do think he has the talent. I think he could turn it around. But I agree with you, and I think a lot of majority would more agree with you than he would with me about this, uh, because he's not really a popular figure publicly uh, because of his attitude. We all know uh, mm-hmm. how he is and his cocky attitude and everything. But I I think he has the arm talent to do it. I think he just with the offensive line play being a lot better than it was last year, it's going to be completely different Baker Mayfield, especially with this new system that is tailored by Gary Kubiak and refined by a more modern uh, day voice and Kevin Savansky. Yeah, essentially the system is don't have him throw the ball as much, uh,
0: which yeah. I think speaks volumes to which his I, ability as
1: a quarterback. Especially with Chubb and Hutt, though, man. I mean, it. you need it. I don't want to say that I make him throw as much, but at least create 50-50 balance with that backfield. Take advantage while mm-hmm. you have it. That's the best backfield in the NFL. They need to take advantage while they have it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, Give Nick Chubb the ball uh, early and often.
0: Uh, get Kareem Hunt in the mix, uh, even though I'm not the biggest fan of his. Uh, his is not an on-field problem. His is an off-the-field problem that I have with. I've always been on that. I always will be. Uh, but <clears throat> give those to the ball. Uh, have him throw play action. Have him line up under center. Have him throw slant passes to Odell and Jarvis. Nothing too complicated, doesn't need to be sexy, just needs to be productive. That's that's what the offense needs to be.
1: <laughs> I think it could be that way. I think it could. I, I I expect them to improve a lot. I think the Steelers have a great defense, though, so they're going to be tough oh, yeah. if Ben Roethlisberger plays healthy. And then the Ravens are the Ravens. But I think the Browns could, could definitely fight for a wild card this year. I definitely do. I, I believe in the vision that Andrew Barry brought over. I believe the direction they're taking and I think Steven, Kevin he may work out for them. Uh, I'm not incredibly high on him, but I think he's better than Freddie Kitchens, and that's very important with uh, the talent they have on the roster right now, not to squander squander away what they have because they'll have to make a decision on Baker soon whether to pay him or invest it with him long-term or not, and that's going to take a, a lot of cap. They're about to give Miles Garrett the money he deserves. So take advantage of what you have right now with the talent that they have on this roster and just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think they can do it with the pieces that they've put in place. It just, it, they need chemistry along that offensive line with this pandemic going on. It's going to be tough for them to really garner much of that. Uh, so you would hope we just, it hits its stride early before it's too late. But as long as Baker has that, as long as the offense gets creative, I, I like the Browns prospects this year for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping. We're always hoping in Cleveland. It's been hoping for a long time. Uh unfortunately things uh rarely work out in our favor. Um <clears throat> speaking of things working out in their favor and hopes for this season, where do the Eagles uh project to, you know, uh finish or where do you think they'll be? Uh is there any team in the division that concerns you as you know, as a potential to, you know, keep the Eagles from winning the division or out of the playoffs?
1: so the Cowboys always concern me no matter what Uh, I think their defense got noticeably worse though Uh, the thing that I don't like that they did is I think they really downgraded in coaching as well Mike Nolan is not a good defensive coordinator I think they're going to struggle with that Uh, but I mean their offense improved obviously with CeeDee Lamb, but their offense has always been a high power offense their defense is struggling but Mike McCarthy I think is a key upgrade for the Cowboys that Goes unnoticed. I don't think he's an elite head coach, but he's a lot better than Jason Garrett for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what that's what worries you the most. But uh, I think the Eagles could win ten to eleven games this year with the speed that they added on offense to open it up more. Uh, the upgrades out of the wider receiver position help that they uh, they currently have. Uh, the defense with the passing defense is obviously going to, need to improve, and I think the defensive line that struggled last year a little bit improved even more with Javon Hargrave added and hopefully a healthy Malik Jackson. I could see them winning the division and winning 10 to 11 games. And the reason why I'm also confident in them winning the division is they're the only team in the division that has a long-term head coach. Everybody has a first-year head coach going into the season throughout the NFC East. And especially during this pandemic, it's going to be tough, I think, for them. I think it's going to be an battle to get adjusted to new systems, uh, new chemistry, and all that. So I think that's the advantage that the Eagles have that's going to help early and often. That will propel them to win the division at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, definitely with you uh, on the equals there. Uh, Only concern would be the Cowboys, of course. Uh, I'm not the biggest Mike McCarthy fan, but like you said, better than Jason Garrett. I I do love how he pulled an, an all time switcheroo by saying that he spent all this time with you know pro football focus and standing, you know studying analytics in his introductory press conference he pretty much discarded that immediately. I thought that was absolutely hilarious And an all time moment. Um but Eagles should win the division in my opinion, unless catastrophic injuries or uh we get some weird bizarre the season. Injury.
1: What was that? They, they I expect them to have injuries. They always have injuries. I just think they ha- they're in a better depth depth position at the position that they always have injuries, I now that they have been before, but they're gonna have injuries. I don't know why. Ever since Up Pierce since taking over, they've been in the top in the in the NFL in injuries. I I I just don't see it changing. I know it's all weird freak accents anyways, because you can't predict injuries. But for some reason, it has hindered them throughout their their time. They got a lot younger this off season, but I just don't not young enough for me to think that the injury bug's not gonna hit them. Mm-hmm. It, it just always does, but. Uh, I think the huge thing that I'm saying here is they have more depth than most of the NFC's teams do at positions that you need to have it.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely on board with the Eagles there. Uh, Browns and Eagles play each other week 11. Uh,
1: I expect the Eagles to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I expect the Eagles to win. But, I mean, that pass rush is going to be – especially if Andre – if they don't resign Jason Peters and Andre Diller doesn't pan out the way mm. they hope – uh, Miles Garrett will go to town on him. Like, that D line, I I like the Browns' D line. I think it's underrated unit. Uh,
0: it, it's uh, like the I, only yeah,
1: dependable I, unit on their defense. Yeah, oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I like greedy Williams. I think I think you do have something in him at cornerback too. And obviously, like you said, Denzel Ward's great and all, but injuries have been ruining his career. But uh, they have pieces. I just I I think yeah, I think the Eagles win. But I mean, that's a long time from now. We'll see.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's November, so that's uh, five
1: months from now. uh,
0: Five months and almost a week from today that we're recording uh, from now. Uh, So, a lot of things could change. Um, Quarterbacks could be injured.
1: Uh, Other players could be injured. Uh, Browns could trade people, for all we know. Eagles struggle against Odell, too. So, if Slay's not there, if he's out for that game or something happens, we're... I mean, I, I don't know. I think Slade might even struggle with Odell anyway. So, any anything, I think anything can happen. It could be an offensive game. It could be a defensive game. Any, I, 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 The way that the, both these teams are constructed is kind of similar. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think the run game, too, is going to be a, a handful for the Eagles to to take on, especially with the linebackers that the Eagles have. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like an easy win for the Eagles. I, I don't really look at the Browns that – the way that everybody else does, the way that their past suggests, I think they're they're talent wise they're getting better. I just don't think that they've hammered every aspect of a good football team down. And you're hoping Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Perry are the the last links to do so. Uh, but I I like the talent that they have on paper. I think it's good talent, but their, their problem has well, talent
0: has been an issue several times. Uh, most of the time, their problem has been a complete lack of direction, a lack of culture a lack of having a system in place, and that I don't know if these guys are going to be able to install that at any point, especially with a lot of guys that are already established players. Some are superstars, but it's... You just can't say, yes, this is the way we're doing it. It's something that takes years to to install, and a lot of times guys don't even get that chance to do it. And... I don't know if these guys are, are, are capable to do it. I hope they can, but... I mean, the, the way things go in Cleveland, it's uh, we'll see you in two years or less with a new coaching search. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> we'll find out. I, I hope for Cleveland's sake, because they're, they're your fan base deserves it more than anyone. Else.